Now, mm. no knock against dads. It's just oftentimes in the people that come to me, mom is doing, again, the majority of the scheduling and running the household. And mom doesn't, even though she may want help or she has a lot of burden, she doesn't always accept help or mm. take it on. And then, so no matter what dad does, he's kind of danged if he does and danged if he doesn't, right? <laughs> Heard that. <laughs> Are you ready to open the door to more romance, fun, and adventure? Or maybe it's compassion, support, and strength you're looking for. Discover real life stories and a path to overcome the pitfalls every marriage encounters. Welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. Welcome to episode 15. Today we have Jackie Finneman, and she is the owner of No Problem Parenting. And you know, a lot of us are parents, uh, all of us are married, but you know, if you have kids, you want to be able to raise kids in a positive manner. But Jackie, today we're talking about marriage. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm a little under the weather. I've got a little bit of a cold, so I've got my low radio voice on, I think. But I'm super excited to be connected with you again, Connie. Thanks so much for having awesome. me on the show. Awesome. Jackie and I have done a couple of different things. Like I've actually done her podcast on No Problem Parenting um, with her several times telling my story. And we kind of connect. We have the same beliefs and values. And, you know, we believe in family. So the first thing I'm going to ask you today, Jackie, is... Um, what do you think makes marriage work? Oh my gosh. Communication, <laughs> communication, communication, like the right communication. Um, and I learned something not too long ago. That's really, that really intrigued me. Marriage isn't just about expressing what you want and what you want your partner to do. It is also about every day. What is the one thing you can do to make your partner feel better about themselves, feel like to fill your partner up and to compliment them or to say something that you noticed about them. And that's really going to boost them and lift them up. So how can you help make that person, that partner feel better about who they are every single day? Hey, because if we don't build each other up, who is there to build us up? Right. Right. But it can be so hard. My husband and I have been together over 30 years, married 27 years um, several times throughout our marriage journey, we've said, you know, things like we probably should get divorced, but we're too lazy and too cheap, you know, when times are tough. Cause that's the reality is like times get tough. And especially when we have kids, we're pouring so much into our children, but if we're not nurturing each other and not paying attention to, you know, what was it about that first kiss that got us, you know, like all in, um, then we can really get further and further apart. And of course our kids pick up on that. Um, and, and when we drift apart and so we need to keep pouring back into each other, communicating, asking, not just how you're doing, but what can I do to help you or support you? Do you need me to talk? Do you need me to listen? You know, um, yeah, just filling, filling each other's cups as much as we can. And I will say also communication, but also humor and fun. Absolutely. Humor and fun. Okay. So communication is right down my alley, right? Because that's what I teach. But you know, these days somebody hear the word, they hear the word communication and they think technology, phone calls online, or they think just about talking to someone like we're talking to each other right now, but communication is a lot deeper than that. And it sounds like you have taken the time to stop and think about what works and what doesn't work. 
Yeah, absolutely. So in my, so I started my company's Hello World, started that in 2013 as a parenting coach, specifically for families who had children with attachment issues or attachment um, breaks and attachment. And they, and the parents were trying everything to get help for their kiddo who wasn't responding to traditional therapy or traditional parenting for that matter. Um, and it was really the child's behaviors were putting a wedge in their relationship. Mm. And those families have my heart because again, mm. when traditional parenting doesn't work, you can feel like a failure as a parent when your child's rejecting your love or your, um, uh, attention, it can, you can feel like I, I, I'm not cut out for this. You know, why did we even, why did God give us kids or why, why did we adopt? We shouldn't have adopted because this child's rejecting me, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's what I focused on. But after several years of the company, I started to notice some common themes that I was sharing with every parent, regardless of whether their child had a diagnosis or they just had those neurotypical kind of wet noodle tantrums on the floor or, you know, the teenagers rolling your eyes and stiff arm and yeah, kind of behaviors. And so from that, I, I started viewing hundreds of sessions that I had with families virtually because I started doing virtual sessions back in 2015, I think it was 16. Um, and I picked out those common themes and that's how I ended up creating No Problem Parenting, which is a three-step approach that works for your parenting. It works for your marriage. It works for your work relationships. The three-step model works for everything. I just happen to be, you know, my niche, my, my expertise is in parenting. And so can I share the three steps? You can, but you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that probably three fourths, 75% of the people listening are like, yeah, that's our family. Our kids are coming between us because either they're uh, having problems at school, they're not listening or they're acting out. And to be honest, I find that a lot of times when there's problems at home, mm -hmm. it comes out through the kids, but let's not go there yet. You go ahead and share your three steps. Well, and that is really true though. I do. I, I want to, we're going to bounce back and forth off each other, Connie, because I'm sure <laughs> company here, but it is really true that kids can put a wedge in our relationship. There can be triangulation, you know, maybe mom is too strict because she's taking the burden of the scheduling and, you know, the school shopping and the running to appointments and to sports and, you know, whoever the primary parent is, if that's mom, mom might be too tough on the kids where dad comes home and he's like fun dad. And mom's like, oh, great. They all love you, but I'm the one that's dealing with the day in day out, you know, stuff can be the reverse where mom is just still dealing with a lot of that stuff. But dad's like, you know, noticing the kids are misbehaving and he's the drill sergeant, mm -hmm. you know, and he's coming in and putting the hammer down and the kids are responding to that. And mom's like, and he's saying to mom, you're too nice. You know, you gotta, you gotta hold, hold their feet to the fire more buckle down. Um, and so, yeah, kids can definitely put a wedge and I teach parents how to literally high five each other to stay on the same team, despite, you know, tough behaviors, challenges, stresses in the home. Um, so I, I, you know, that we could talk about that too, how, how I say when parents come to me, they're having one of three problems. They're either being too nice. Yeah. They're being too mean. Yeah. Strict, too mean. Or yeah. They're trying to solve a problem that they have no experience in. And it's just thinking that they should know how to do it because, you know, their parents and they had kids and they're trying to do it alone because they're embarrassed or they're, you know, intimidated or, or whatever it is. And they don't want to reach out for help. And, um, you wouldn't believe this, Connie, do you, I'll ask you, do you think the majority of the parents that come to me are in the too nice or too mean category? You know what? I am thinking they're probably too nice. 
Yes, that ah. is exactly right. <laughs> and the parents will say, no, 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 Jackie, we can't, it's not that we're, we fly off the handle all the time. We yell, I'm yelling too much. I'm sounding like my mother. I said I would never parent that way. And so they're thinking they're in the too mean or too strict category, but it's actually that they're too nice because what I teach them is they are nice. They're trying to give, you know, suggestions, ideas, support, help, consequences, like all this, but they're wanting to help their kids along to convince them almost to do the, the right thing or to make up for what they did wrong. But they're nice. They're nice. They're nice. They're nice. And finally, when the kid's not responding, what happens? You know, we blow. Well, I have two things. Number one, I was just telling a girl the other day who has a like a four-year-old and I said, I know what it is. And I won't use her name, but I'm like, I know what it is, is that you love that child so very much. And there's a lot of parents who wait to have kids and, you know, they're in their thirties and they have kids and they're like, oh, this child is the best thing ever. And so they're, they're too nice. But then on the other hand, there are those parents who have been raised with staunch rules and regulations. We all have to have rules, but rules and regulations in such a manner that it's like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. I remember seeing something on uh, teenagers and and it said something like, you know, a teenager hears, it could have been on your stuff. um, No, no, don't, don't, don't. Like, Hmm. Uh, so many times each and every day, like, you know, like 80 or 90 instead of, you know what? I love you. You're great. You could do anything you want. You are talented here or, you know, those compliments, those appreciation. uh, It's a mutual thing. So too nice. I love you too much or Mm. too hard. And kids go the other way and they feel like you don't like them and they don't like their parents. And a quick little story, I taught ballet for 20 years. And what I found was that my uh, girls, my 12, 14-year-olds in class, sometimes they would talk about their moms, Mm -hmm. but the ones, those were their moms who were too nice. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't seem to fit, does it? But the moms who were lovingly strict The kids were respectful, catch that word, respectful, you know, respectful. The couple in marriage, they're respectful and then their kids are respectful. They're respectful. But uh, so too nice. And the girls talked about their moms terribly. And um, if the kids were respectful, then, you know, they talked, they did not talk about their moms in a bad way. And I noticed that before I even had kids. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Well, you know, a lot of times when we're faced with challenges or problems with our kids, we kind of get freaked out or we go all into, we got to fix this. We got to correct this. And we end up focusing too much on the problem, the behavior, the problem. Right. And so Mm -hmm. no problem parenting was born out of not a, not, not with the attitude of, Oh, you know, kids will have problems. No problem. It's not like that. That actually drives me nuts when people say no problem, when you really know there is a problem, but what no problem parenting is all about is Um, If you look up in the definition, just look up in the dictionary, the word problem, what is the meaning of the word problem? It is a matter or a situation that is unwelcome or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. So right in the definition of the word problem, it says problems are meant to be dealt with and overcome. So that's what we do here at No Problem Parenting. We turn any problem, and I mean any problem, into a no problem. 
by focusing more on the solution and less on the problem. We we treat the problem very matter-of-factly with an intent to solve it, with firmness, with great communication, great expectation, right? But we only give that problem as much attention as it deserves. And then as we say in the Midwest, I'm from Minnesota, we keep her moving. And so um, I do that with that three-step approach. Number one, seek first to understand. Why is my child child behaving the way they are? Mm -hmm. You know, what is going on at the root of why they're behaving the way they are? And why am I the parent? responding or reacting, because typically that's what we do more of, right? We're stressed uh, the way that I am. So we have to get to the root of what the behavior it is. And I like to say, now scientifically, I haven't really researched and figured this out, but in my experience, I can say 80 to 90% of the time, the problem behavior is not actually the real problem. That's just the coping skill. That's just the what's coming out because we haven't figured out what's at the root of that. So we get to the root of the problem. And then step two, we prepare for the worst. I think you can agree, Connie, that when we're prepared, no matter how nervous we are, stressed out we are, upset we are, whatever it is, when we're prepared to the best that we can be, can't always be prepared. Life throws us curveballs. Our kids most certainly do. But (laughs) when we are prepared, we can respond instead of react we uh, we feel less emotion about it and we kind of you know get our problem solving skills on and and uh, and we can we can recover or um take care of the problem that much easier so we prepare for the worst and then step 3 is to change the conversation and then like you Connie I um I love talking about communication and how to even have conversation but I believe that as parents we're giving our kids way too much unconditional praise. And mm. sometimes that makes parents go, what? what? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. That? Well, yeah, we want to give them unconditional love, but we're giving them too much unconditional praise where we're trying to convince them they're good. We're trying to convince them mm. they can do something, that they're better at something than they are, that they have friends because we feel for them, right? Mm-hmm. We want them to do well. We want them to have life so much easier and better than we ever had it. But that unconditional praise, when we pour that on and the child doesn't believe it themselves, whatever we're saying, if they don't believe it themselves, we're actually, sometimes we look really incapable to our kids and our kids think, well, you just have to say that because you're my parent. And so I teach conditional, factual praise First, before you deliver the unconditional praise, pour on some conditional praise, some conditional positives, the facts, so that the child, when you say it, they go, oh, I guess I can't really dispute that. So it would sound like a kid comes home. I don't have any friends. I'm not, nobody likes me. I'm not a good friend. And you can say, hmm, you know, the other day when Joe fell down and skun his knee, you ran right over there to see if he was okay. That's what a good friend does. I think you're a good friend. Mm-hmm. You have it a reason behind it. Right. So I put the conditional and then I pour on, you know, the unconditional. Yeah. You know, I remember whenever um, I first started Mary Kay Cosmetics and yes, I was an adult, but aren't we still a child inside those insecurities and all those kind of things. And I remember that I, I love my sales director I have because she poured into me belief, but there was oh. too often that she poured into me and I would be like, mm, I didn't do anything to deserve that. Why is she saying that? Mm. You know, if you, if you tell me that I'm great, whenever I really 
am not great or don't think I'm great, then I'm like, I'm not going to believe you later whenever you tell me something. And it's true. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You need something tangible to hang on to. And it's great that, that we can have a higher belief in our kids than they have in the moment. I mean, that's fine. Um, to, we need to encourage our kids that we see their potential and we know that they, you know, can excel at something that they maybe don't feel good at right away. That's totally cool, but let's make sure we're putting in some of those factual things that they can hang on to and really believe in and of themselves. And a lot of times why we don't is, you know, I teach in step three of change the conversation, the difference between empathy and sympathy. Mm-hmm. We are feeling sorry for our kids when we don't need to be feeling sorry for them. Feeling sorry for people can keep them victimized. And it mm. actually is one of the reasons why today's society, we have so much anxiety because we're almost pouring on too much sympathy for people because our heartstrings are tugged and we feel bad for them. So we want to, we want to introduce more empathy. Empathy is more like, I understand you have a problem that you are struggling, that you got, you know, some emotion tied into this thing, but I'm, I'm going to be there to help you, but I'm not going to own that same emotion like you do. So we don't give empathy cards to somebody who's lost a loved one. We give sympathy cards because we really feel for, we can feel that the loss of somebody so close to them, we can relate to how that, not not always, but how that, how that feels, right? And so we feel real sorrow for them. Um, but empathy is more about, you know, our kids come home and they struggled, they had a bad day, um, they got a bad grade, somebody called them a name or the teacher yelled at them. And too often we're wanting to step in and fix that for the kid and address that with the other person because we feel sorry for our child. Empathy says, Hey, what can I do to help you? How can I help you, you know, um, have this conversation with your teacher or respond to the kid that was mean to you or help you get a better grade and study hard, you know, study different. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to be there right with you to help you and walk alongside you, but I'm not going to solve that problem for you because I believe in you and I believe you're capable of doing, of making this right. Yeah. Okay. So let's take some of this that you're talking about, because, you know, you can't be analyzing all this, figuring out the solutions for kids without also finding things because everything kind of like goes from one thing to the next, to the next. And it's like all these things that you're using for children to do well with your kids also works in your marriage. So what are some things that you have found that you have applied to your marriage? Well, I'm going to tell you, Connie, in my No Problem Parenting course, which is literally just $50 for any parent to go and buy, made it super affordable. That's a steal. That's a great price. Yeah, they can. It's an hour and a half training. It comes with a workbook, but it's really the content. It's, it's the information in there is so key. And before the very first challenge, homework and challenge that I have in there is all about the couple. If it's a two-parent home, and if it's not... Then I have, you know, I, I talk about how to, how single parents can get support in that too. Cause I don't want to, you know, the Absolutely. course, still works there's a that. lot of single parents. Yes. You just have, you have, you need to have a support person. I call them your support person, but in a two parent home, typically that's mom and dad. They are the support, each other's support person. And my challenge for them is to the very first thing when you're dealing with a, a problem behavior in your home or situation is to team up with one another. How do you team up with one another when you're at odds with each other about how you're parenting your children or about how, what you should do to support your child? Well, you put your differences aside for a minute. We can choose how much emotion we're going to put into 
you know, the, any situation, any problem. And so you literally can sit back and pause and go, okay, I'm not saying I agree with you. I'm not saying I forgive you. I'm not, none of that right now, but right now we're going to put both of those differences aside so that we can come together and decide from the outside in, almost looking down differently uh, on our situation. Some of us do that easier than others. (laughs) Absolutely. Here's the next thing though. So, so the person that easily puts their differences aside because they really want it to work differently. And the other one who's just digging in their heels. Uh, Sometimes what I notice is the one that's digging in their heels is also the person that isn't really doing as much of the parenting. Mm-hmm. Not They're not taking on the burden or the load. So the second thing I say is whoever is doing the majority of the parenting role, the day in, day out stuff, right? They need to step their role down a bit. And the other parent needs to step their role up a bit. That would be me and my husband through the years. Yes. I am fun loving, but I had to be the meanie all the time. Yes. And he was the playful one when he came in from work. And now, you know, the kids, grown kids and grandkids, all look at him like he's, you know, he's Mr. Wonderful. And I'm the one, you know, I'm the one doing the cooking and the cleaning up or getting after people or saying be nice or making the rules. Yes. And the one that's saying no most often and all of that. So then the third thing, this is all in challenge number one of my course, before we get into any of the other parenting stuff, I, we got to have the support people that the, the parenting team on, on the same page. The next thing is to become more aware of your spouse's behaviors and their emotions. And that's what I teach. Yeah, exactly. Connie, that's why we're such a good collab, right? (laughs) Yeah. Lab. I can send all my parents like I don't deal I don't do any of the marriage stuff so so I I give you suggestions for how to get on the same page with each other um but you know if you needed counseling or therapy or a parent or a marriage coach or something I'm going to send you send you over to a therapist counselor or to Connie um <laughs> but then I what I want what I mean by noticing the behaviors and the emotions in your spouse is I want you to become curious about them instead of upset by them and mm-hmm. upset meaning sad or angry So if you're sad that your husband's not noticing you and all the work that you do and not pointing that out and your love language is words of affirmation and he's Mm -hmm. not doing that, then instead of being sad about that, I want you to be curious about it. Like, why do you think he isn't? There you go. Yeah. Right. So I teach that. And then um, I also talk about don't correct each other in front of the kids. Absolutely. And then to remember that as you're learning any new approach, whether it's marriage support or it's parenting support. Um, I want you to remember that you're going to make mistakes and that that's okay. So we don't want to, we want to be supporting each other through it um, and noticing each other more Then in challenge two, this is the, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you three of them, but the challenge two is that I want you to use hugs and high fives and fist bumps when you uh, were struggling with something that your child was doing, but you handled it, or right even before you go into tackling a behavior. Is that between parents? 
That's between the parents, the two okay. support people, right? So you're going to go before, like, let's say your kid comes home and they're just melting down and they're being disrespectful and back talking and doing all the things. And if mom and dad are both in the house, like, let's say dad's on the basement and mom's over in the laundry room and they, you can hear this meltdown or the kids are fighting or something's happening. Mom and dad hear that instead of one parent assuming the other one's going to take care of it before you even take care of it, your cue is the arguing of the kids, you run to each other and give each other a high five. <laughs> what is that for? Isn't that so weird? Number <laughs> one, it creates curiosity in your kids. What the kid the stops and goes, what? What are mom and dad doing? That's yeah. odd. And then the other thing is you'll be able to determine which parent is going to respond. Maybe it's both of you responding to the kids in that moment instead of the burden being on one or the other. Hmm. Now, another thing you can do is let's say it's only one parent that's at home and they're going to need to respond to a behavior. They got a call from school or, you know, the kid was biting at daycare um, or, you know, the kids are sibling rivalry and they're fighting with each other in, in the home or the child's just having a meltdown and there's only one parent at home. That parent can send a, a high five, high tens, so high fives, high tens um, or a fist bump emoji to the parent that's at work or not at home at the time. And all that does is signal to that parent, hey, I'm dealing with something and I need encouragement. I got this, I, I'm gonna get through it. My whole no problem parenting is all about helping you become the confident leader that I say our kids crave us to be. And when we're stressed and taxed and overwhelmed and we've got dinner to put on the table and our kids are arguing and we've got a call from school and there's homework and bills and all the things, and one parent's at home dealing with that, the other one's at work and getting a phone call when they're at work about, you know, the kid's misbehaving and it's that stressing the working parent out, right? I always and just took care of it myself. It just causes more and more and more. Or you yeah. take care of it yourself and then they come home and, and then you want to tell them what happened or you're stressed out and frustrated and they, they don't know why dinner's not on the table. And that makes you even more frustrated. The fist bump emoji or the High five emoji signals to them, I'm dealing with something. I need your support when you get home. First thing you do when you get home is that they know they need to come to you, give you a kiss or a hug, hopefully in front of the kids, but okay if it's not, and then just acknowledge you before the problem, right? Remember I said we give problems too much attention. Oh, they do. That's before true. that problem, you acknowledge and recognize and notice each other as a couple, that it, you know, has welcomed these kids into the world or brought them into your home. Hey, and you know, that's visibly supporting one another. Your kid, your kids are seeing that you support one another. Yeah. Um, and I and I think that that makes a difference. Uh, because too often challenges with the kids cause friction in a couple. And then also there are certain personalities, Jackie, who come home and they don't want to really hear about it because, you know, there's the listeners and the talkers. Now mm -hmm. I fall into the talkers, but I'm always willing to listen. But there's some people that think that ev everything they're doing is so important. They're not really willing to listen to their spouse. So tag teaming is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I teach uh, the six second pause, putting your hand on your heart and your hand on your stomach. You cannot help. I mean, when you try this, you'll just, you'll, you'll take a breath because it's, it's, it is regulating your central nervous system. It's already calming you down just by doing this, which looks really weird to the kids, by the way, when you do this before you <laughs> respond to them, like if they're back talking you and your inclination is don't talk to me that way or go to, you know, before you even do any of that, 
you do this because if our fight or flight is activated, if our amygdala, the warning detector, smoke detector of our brain signals, there's an issue, a problem. We go into our fight or flight, right? Doing this six second pause and you don't even have to time it. You'll take a couple breaths, just relax as you see again, it's making me calm, even though I'm, not, you know, I'm not upset by anything right now. I'm excited and it's making me calm but it calms down that amygdala part of your brain, that smoke detector part. So instead of shooting you back to fight or flight, it brings you into the prefrontal cortex, the front part of your brain that says, I need to think of what do I need to do? And so you can logically think of how and if, or, and when you're going to respond to whatever is happening in your surroundings. That works for a marriage when you're frustrated at, you know, with each other, when you're feeling super tense. I just used this last night with my husband. We we're trying to figure out some scheduling and he had just gotten home from work and I know better than to bombard him, right? He just got home from work. And so I was like, why am I doing this? So I just, he went up the stairs to change, to go out and, you know, work on something in his shed. And I just sat at the bottom of the stairs and waited. I didn't follow him up the stairs. I just sat and I did the pause and I was like, okay, is this something I need to address with him now? Because I don't want to forget. Do I need to just write it down? Do I need to give him a few minutes? <laughs> write it down. And he comes <laughs> back around the corner to come back down the stairs. I said, is this something you want me to tell you right now? Or do you need a few more minutes? Instead um... of me taking it personal that, you know, he asked me to check on, you know, when the appliances were going to be delivered. I did that. And now I got a response back and I need to tell him and we need to plan. Did it have to happen right then and there? It's literally learning to not be thinking of ourselves all the time, which we are, and thinking about the other person. And 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 I always say putting ourselves in their shoes, like if they're just coming in from work or even, you know, mom's at home all day with the kids. Sometimes dad doesn't think yeah. if he's coming in from work and she's been home all day, he doesn't yes. think about, he thinks, ah, she's just been at home all day, you know, instead of thinking, well, I wonder how her day went because sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not, right? Yeah. And one of the best things that you can do is to just that first acknowledgement when you get home from a busy day, it's, it takes seconds to just go in. Even if you're not having a conversation, doesn't mean you're opening up the floor for a conversation. It's just, Hey, hug, kiss, how you doing? Even if you don't ask how you're doing and then just life, life kind of goes on. So remembering the pause and then the last challenge I'll share with you today, which again, this is all just in the introduction of my training, um, is to use humor. Yes. We need to incorporate humor. But some people uh, don't find anything funny. <laughs> oh, of course. I know. Um, they don't find anything funny. They find everything serious. And that's the ones you're really talking to. Yeah. I, I think that you need to do a little, a little soul searching on that one, but yeah, <laughs> it, and it is, it is, I mean, I, I, we make this sound so easy, right. On this, on this podcast interview, but I get it. I've worked with families who have had children in residential uh, facilities because their behavior has mm. been so bad. They've been, you know, blown out of the home. I've worked mm. with families who have had to give up rights because they were, could not parent their children. I worked with families who have adopted children and, you know, those children reject their love. And so there's, you know, it's, it's destructive and it's, and it's really hard. So I don't mean to be lighthearted about this. And I also mean that even in the toughest, most, the worst situations, get somebody, a coach, therapists are good, and but maybe you're not ready for therapy yet, or maybe you've tried therapy and it hasn't worked and you don't want to go dive into all your history and your past and all that. You just want stuff to be better today mm -hmm. and in the future. That's where a coach comes in. 
um, we can help you figure out why you're hurting or why you're distant from, you know, your, your partner or why you're so bothered by your kid's behavior. And we can give you actionable tips and tools in the moment for how to make things different starting today. And humor is one of those things, doing random, random things, you know, having opposite day and putting the peanut butter and jelly on the opposite sides of the sandwich and serving that to your kids when your kids really <laughs> bucky or demanding. And they're like, what is this? Well, I didn't you remember it was opposite day, you know, or it's inside out day, you know, maybe getting dressed inside out and coming down and, you know, or just random fun things that I, I teach. We have in next year, we have another uh, free download that's going to come out about the random fun things that you can do um, to just bring some more humor and light and joy into your home, despite the hard times. Well, Jackie, what I hear you say in that is that I teach this. Now, for some people, things are natural. You know, like mm -hmm. I, my husband and I both find things naturally funny quite often. But you know what? That goes back to personality styles like that I teach and yes. communication styles that I teach because there's that. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all, but I call it a stiffy person, <laughs> the <laughs> stiffy person and the truth is, is this is how they're made. It's their DNA. They can't help it. They don't find anything funny. They find everything serious. And so you, even if they find, even if they tell a joke, they have no emotion and they have nothing on their face. They're the poker face person whom you can't even tell what they're thinking. So literally it is teaching someone and we can all learn one, two, three things, you know, that are beyond our personal style so that we can be better parents, better spouses, right? Yes. I love that. And I love that you do the disc assessment. I think you said John Maxwell. Disc yes. I'm using the John Maxwell assessments. Mm -hmm, yeah. Assessments now. I mean, it's just wonderful to learn. There's lots of different resources and assessments out there, but they are really truly key in helping you communicate with your partner and not taking things personally that aren't meant by your partner to be you know, devaluing or diminishing. Um, it really truly can be because of your personality and just the way that, that you are. So I'm super extroverted. My husband is super introverted. I'm funny. He's funny. I'm more out like he's more subtle, funny and, you know, kind of off the cuff and I'm more out, you know, like extravagantly funny or whatever. And I know I'm silly, stupid, funny. I, 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 I'm a kid inside. What do I say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But really learning. And I and I just remember I've learned so much from you and from you being on my podcast as well and, and pouring into my audience. But it is so key that sometimes we take things personally when it's really, again, yeah, that's making personal. it all about us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's making it all about us. We know, Jackie, I say a lot of times as women, we get inside our own head. And I like to use the phrase false evidence appearing real. We yeah. start to think how we think and it all goes into perspective. And this is a whole nother thing. So I can't go so far in that, but it's perspective and we get in our head and we're thinking something that we think our spouse is doing or thinking, and we are wrong because it's what we personally are telling ourselves. So it's really important to be mentally healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Have right. A, a, a healthy a relationship with your spouse and an understanding firm, but loving relationship with your kids. 
Absolutely. And the best way to start when you're tackling a behavior problem or challenge or situation with your kids is to get the two of you on the same page. And I can help you do that in really simple steps. Not easy, but simple steps. So it's it's not a long process. I'm quick. Like you want, you want help now you want like in the next day or two or week or two weeks, you want things to get better. That's where I come in. I'm not necessarily a long-term kind of person when I, when I coach with my families and I have a 90% success rate of getting actually 95% success rate of getting dads on board. Now, Mm. no knock against dads. It's just oftentimes in the people that come to me, mom is doing again, the majority of the scheduling and running the household and mom doesn't even though she may want help or she has a lot of burden, she doesn't always accept help or Mm. take it on. And then, so no matter what dad does, he's kind of danged if he does and danged if he doesn't. Right. (laughs) Heard that. (laughs) Right. And so, but, um, so a lot of times the dads will come in and and they'll say, well, it it seems like it's just mom. I'm fine with the kids and this, I know what I need to do. And, and, and I'll say, you probably, you're probably right. You, you probably do. And it probably is more of mom. No, no problem. You can come to the sessions or not come to the sessions. It's totally up to you. And 95% of the times the dads come to all the sessions. And Jackie, I'm thinking about the fact also that, um, you know, being in the business world, uh, I have found that businesses invest in their people and in their business in education, and they spend tons of money doing that because their business is important. But when it comes to families and households, you know, we're on that sticky, stiffy little budget and we're afraid to let go of our money. And the truth is that if, you know, whether it's $50, a couple hundred dollars, I mean, what if it's a thousand or, you know, $2,000? It's like, what does that mean? to your life, to your family, to your sanity, you know, to figure out what's going wrong. People go in and have counseling at what? $175, $200 an hour. Um, And the perspective of money and the importance of a good life (laughs) and and enjoying life. Investing in parent coaching, marriage coaching um, is definitely, you're not going to, you're going to see an ROI. And it often is financially, you'll see an ROI. I always tell parents, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like you have to buy your kids things just to keep the peace, I will save you money. Cause I'm going to teach you how to, you don't have to buy the kids things, not to be mean, but just it's, there's a better way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, it's definitely worth the investment, but you have to be ready and you have to be willing to shift your mindset. No problem. Parenting is all about shifting our mindset and empowering parents to be that confident leader that I say our kids crave us to be. And, you know, you made the decision to have kids, whether you birthed them naturally or you adopted them or you're caring for somebody else's, you have made that decision to do that. Why do you want to make it any harder than it needs to be? Do it. Get some support and do it. Yeah. And there, and, and I'm here for it. So um, again, I've made it very cost-effective. They can listen to my podcast uh, the No Problem Parenting podcast, I pour out tons of tips and tools and have lots of guests. And I bring resources to you, to families that they can access right from their home. Because, you know, it's, let's be honest, we're busy and we don't have the time to run to another appointment or arrange for daycare or, you know. Hey, and I love listening to business podcasts or personal, whatever I need. I love listening to podcasts in the car. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. 
I love listening to cart. Well, Jackie has a free gift for you. And I especially have an attachment for this because whenever I got it, when she just created it uh, uh, several months ago, and it's called 60 Ways to Respond to Your Child Without Losing Your Cool. Who needs that? I think everybody does. Now, I have a couple of that I put on here uh, as funnies because um, actually, whenever I got this, I was thinking, oh, this would be good for couples, you know, yeah. except for you can't take every single one of these and do them the same way uh, as for your husband or your wife as for kids, because, yeah, it might make them mad. But I had one here. Here's one. It says uh, 19 says, I'm too mad right now to answer you. Give me a few minutes. Can we imagine if we said that to our husband? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how about I'll be happy to talk to you. When your voice is calm like mine, say that to your husband. Yeah, I mean, right. funny. You can say it to your kids, but you couldn't say that to your husband. At 38, feel free to come back to the table when you find your manners. <laughs> there <laughs> are you know, wonderful responses. And actually, yes, the, there, are, there are plenty of responses in there that you can use um, and say to each other or colleagues at work. They, work. they can work for that as well, but they they can be tweaked. Right. You know? um, and so you can tweak them to a, a, a reciprocal adult relationship um, and use them with each other. The really cool thing is when you start using these responses with your kids, they start using them with their friends, with their like they you're modeling these responses. And the whole idea behind the responses is to stay out of the battle. You know, it's literally um, I say this to kids sometimes grandkids. I'm like, now, how could you say that in a better way? Yeah, like and try that's what again. These are. Let's say, let's try saying that again. And they have to stop and think about it because, you know, when you tell them what, when you tell the children what to say, then they just halfway listen. But when you make them stop and think about what they need to say and how they need to rephrase it, then it mm -hmm. helps. But I love these 60 ways to respond that you have. And that's a free gift. And you can find that um, on, um, in the podcast notes on my page, uh, uh, the extraordinary marriage slash podcast. So you'll find them them there on the page under Jackie's notes, um, and you can grab those and uh, get them for free. And you can get connected to her and maybe learn a few other things about parenting and kids. And like I said before, when it comes to couples, you know, if we have a happy family, if we have come together and we're high fiving each other, we've learned how to handle our family, guess what? Mom and dad get along better because there's less friction friction in the house. Because it's, it's tough when you have, I call them strong-minded children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be those strong-minded, strong-willed kiddos are, are going to be great leaders some days. Absolutely. Someday when we, yeah. when we pour into them and stop thinking that their strong-willedness is a problem. You know, we're going to get to the root of why they are the way they are and what we're not hearing that needs to be said. I will say before we wrap up, Connie, that um, one of my favorite uh, responses of those 60 responses that works in, in uh, parenting and also in marriage is I love you too much to argue. Oh, that's so a great if your place spouse to is starting to argue and they're just really mad and they're doing, you can just simply look over at them and maybe you want to do the pause before you do it, but you can just <laughs> think, say, so. Hey, you know what, honey, I love you too much to argue. Oh man. I might have to practice that one. Cause I'm thinking like, if I'm ready to argue, <laughs> 
I'm not sure if that'll work, Jackie. <laughs> it does. It, it, it's a game changer. And we have to, again, have the mindset and then make the shift. If we're in it, if, if, if we're going into the conversation only to win the conversation or win the battle or win the, you know, and again, all in step, step one of seeking first to understand um, I'm teaching yes. about resistance creates resistance. Absolutely. So if we're conversations with defensiveness and resistance, you're sunk. Yeah. I call it button heads. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. you do your hands, you know, we're looking at each other, but, but your fists together. It's like, yeah, I call that button heads. Oh man, we could go on and on. I think we could do a whole series. <laughs> well, we definitely could. We should maybe think about that, Connie. Put, putting our heads together on this. Well, thank you, Jackie, for being my guest today. And I think this is going to be a popular episode because oh. people have children and we're all practicing. We're all figuring it out. Right. Yeah. And let's just uh, do what we can each and every day to pour into each other, to pour into our spouses so that we can be those confident leaders for our kids. Um, my One of my favorite quotes for anybody that's really struggling out there and they're listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I can't wait. I wish I could be on that side of, of my marriage. I want you to just remember that on particularly rough days, when you feel like you cannot possibly endure I want you to remember that your track record for getting through those days so far is a hundred percent. And that's pretty darn good. hundred percent. Can't do any better than that. You're getting through day in, day out, and it doesn't have to be that hard. So reach out to Connie, myself, or, you know, whoever, whoever you find that can support you. you reach out for help. It. That's right. All right. So you're going to find all of this and how to connect with Jackie on the extraordinary marriage.com on the podcast. And also you can find fresh insights. I call it fresh insights because if you're having challenges in your marriage, you got to fix it. You got to figure out why. And you can um, book me for a 40 minute uh, talk for, um, uh, free for free. Did you hear oh my that? Gosh. You, are you doing, you're still doing free ones. Wow. Good well, I can you. only take, you know, uh, a couple each week. So you kind of have to look and see if there's something available, but fresh insights for marriage connect with me on that, um, at the extraordinary marriage. Thanks Jackie. Oh, thank you so much, Connie. If you've been encouraged today, please hit subscribe and help me spread the word by sharing with your friends. You'll find show notes and how you can connect with today's guest at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. Get ready to uncover the best-kept secrets of happy, healthy marriages and gain the power of understanding how you and your spouse think, act, and respond differently. Learn more about the unique communication secrets for marriage at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. This is your host, Connie Durham, and I'll see you next week.